From Sarasota Memorial, this is HealthCasts, your weekly dose of health information from experts you can trust. Welcome back to Health Check. I'm Heidi Godman. We have been speaking all hour with Dr. Katie Gard. She is an OBGYN, so she's an obstetrician and she's a gynecologist. She's part of the First Physicians Group, which is part of Sarasota Memorial Healthcare System. We've been talking all about babies and some of the trends in obstetrics and uh, talking about delayed cord clamping and skin-to-skin time and the big push to be a baby-friendly unit. But we want to switch now and, and talk about women a little bit later in life. Um, and for some women, this doesn't happen later in life, but we're talking about a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. uh, removing the uterus from a woman. And, and that's a very, very difficult concept for women. I think we, we assume that our, our reproductive parts are what make us women. Um, and, and so it's also potentially dangerous to have this done. So a lot that you need to think about. And so you are there you are, Dr. Katie Gard, you're delivering babies all mm-hmm. the time. But you also are a gynecologist, and so you treat women of all ages for all gynecological needs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the, you know great part of the job. the 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 baby part is is awesome, but then you know balancing that with you know major surgeries uh, like hysterectomies is is really exciting. It's a you know a huge skill. Everyone patient is different with so many different considerations of what kind of surgery is the right kind of surgery for them if they need surgery, even if there's anything we can do to prevent surgery as it comes with risks. Um, but when someone does, you know, is truly indicated for surgery, um, I think we're really lucky that we live in the age that we do, where we have lots of options. Um, everything from your, what you think of your grandmother's hysterectomy with a large incision across the abdomen with, you know, long recovery, like we, you know, similar to what we discussed with cesareans, um, to now thankfully laparoscopic surgery, which is, um, through very small incisions with a camera, um, and very small instruments. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about why someone might need a hysterectomy? There are a million reasons, um, but oftentimes, um, you know, in the premenopausal um, years, a lot of times women um, might have bleeding problems um, where their menses are just very, very heavy to the point where some women can become very anemic, symptomatic. Um, and if if they're failing any kind of medical management, um, which might be hormonal um, or you know, there's lots of ways to, to try to treat it, but if, if they're still having problems, then um, removing the uterus, especially if they're done with childbearing, can be, you know, life-changing for them. When, is, when does that happen for most women that she will need a hysterectomy? Is it is it after menopause? Everyone's different. Um, there's just so many different reasons. I mean, um, you know, on the premenopausal side of things, fibroids, which are benign growths of the uterus, um, you know, many, many women have those. Some might not ever know that they have them. Some might be affected and impacted daily. You know, their quality of life might be horrible because of their fibroids. And so, and that can cause pain and bleeding. Pain and bleeding. Um, and so if they're in bulk symptoms, you know, sometimes it impacts how women are able to urinate, defecate, and all of these things. And so um, if they, you know, if, if it's really impacted their life to that point where, you know, removing the uterus is um, the best option if they don't need to have children anymore, um, then, 
it's great that we can offer that. Right. All right. So, so common reasons after menopause that women need to have the uterus removed still same, right? Some of the same. Um, thankfully, a lot of the you know the bleeding shouldn't be there. If it is, that sometimes is an indication that the uterus needs to come out. If it's a you know a precancer or a cancerous condition of the the lining of the uterus, um, some women need um, hysterectomy at that age. Um, you know because they're, they still have an enlarged uterus, might feel, you know, might feel um, those bulk symptoms that I kind of mentioned. Um, a lot of times with an ovarian cyst or something, you know, outside of the uterus even, but um, you'll have, we'll have women that just say, please just take it all. I don't want to ever have to worry about these parts again. Um, the cervix, of course, is kind of the entry to the uterus. And if anyone's had um, cervical dysplasia, so abnormal cells of the cervix. Um, From and, an ab- uh, and you notice it after an abnormal pap smear. Yep. Um, and, the, you know, there's a lot of conservative treatment we try, but if, if that is, you know, persistent or even worsening, sometimes that's an indication to remove the uterus. So. All right. So, and as you're talking about this too, I'm, I'm thinking about how you're talking about the, it's really changed now. You don't need to be sliced all the way open to get the uterus out. And, and often it is done with these tiny instruments that you can put in and, and the laparoscopes are getting smaller and smaller too. We're at the five millimeter mark at this point, you know? Um, and so oftentimes we can get away with just three, five millimeter incisions. Um, usually don't even have to be closed with any stitches. They're so small. Close, so one with glue, you put one <laughs> in and that's the camera and the light and one in is sort of like the, the fork and one is the knife. You know, <laughs> yeah, separate kind of, yeah. But then you need to, do you need to put it in a bag before you remove it from a woman? It just depends. Um, if there's going to be any cutting into the into the uterus itself, um, then we like to put it in a bag so that if there was anything abnormal in it, we weren't spreading that um, precancerous or cancerous, um, those cancerous cells around. Oftentimes, we're able to just pull it out through the vagina, especially a woman that has had um, babies before. Um, so you can snip it laparoscopically right. and then deliver it. Deliver it. Like In- interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I didn't know that's how you would remove it. I was just imagining like, you know, uh, you'd have to putting it chopping it into pieces and, yeah, and getting yeah. it out. So ideally that it comes out through the vagina. So none of that is a worry. Um, you know, the approach of a vaginal hysterectomy, which is doing the complete surgery through the vagina um, is also, um, you know, one of the most classic ways to do a hysterectomy before lapar- laparoscopy was ever even around. Um, and that is technically the least invasive way. Um, and both for laparoscopy and vaginal hysterectomies um, where everything is done through the vagina Um you know, going home the same day is now a possibility. That's incredible. And then what about recovery? So different between um, the hysterectomy of olden days with a large incision, um, you know, where you're spending a few nights in the hospital, um, two or three, um, having to worry about return of bowel function, making sure the bladder's waking up, all of these things to now, um, you know, a lot of these surgeries that are done laparoscopically, we do in an outpatient surgery center. Um, you know, you're watched in PACU for a few hours afterwards, um, make sure pain is well controlled and, you know, you're you're feeling, you're awake and you're feeling well and then you go home. Um, you get to be in your own house and, you know, your own comforts. And um, we're talking a few weeks, you know, feeling like 90% by about two weeks um, versus like six. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Do you take the ovaries often when you're taking the uterus? It depends on the patient and it's always a conversation. Um, if they're menopausal, ovaries aren't doing anything for you. Um, you know, they're not making the hormones that they used to. And so um, usually I'll counsel someone that they should come out um, just because otherwise they're going to sit there and could cause a problem in the future. So um, that is usually a reason, you know, for premenopausal women, depending on how close they are to menopause, it's just a conversation. 
um, of, you know, what they're most comfortable with. And and what about recovering psychologically? That takes time. Yeah, I think some women are more impacted than others. A lot of them say good riddance because they've been so bothered by, um, the, you know, their cycle or their uterus or whatever their problem, you know, and complaint has been. And some of them, it's been since, you know, they had their first period, they've been irregular and it, you know, can really impact their entire life. So some of it's a good riddance and some of it is like you say, you know, this is part of me and it's very part of my femininity. And so, um, you know, processing that is important. All right. So many things to know. And, and Dr. Katie Gard has been sharing all of her knowledge with us today in, in a whole hour, getting it all out there in one whole hour. But it's it's really interesting to hear about the trends. And I want to thank you so much for coming in and, and talking to us today. If someone listening thinks, I want Katie Gard to be my doctor, are you taking new patients? I would love to see anyone listening. All right. Anyone listening. So so you heard Except that. Except for the men. Except for the men, right? <laughs> Unless they're coming along for support. support. We right. like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and then what about two? Are we seeing more female OBGYNs in town? It seems like it to me. Absolutely. I mean, the training program I came from was 90% women, 10% men. So, you know, I think the pendulum's really swung uh, now. And and I think women want to see women. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time and so nice to meet you and good luck. And and thank you for coming back home. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Katie Gard, you can check her out at firstphysiciansgroup.com, firstphysiciansgroup.com. She is taking new patients, and she's part of that large group, First Physicians Group, which is part of Sarasota Memorial Hospital. If you'd like to know anything about SMH and the wonderful OBGYN program that SMH has, including uh, gynecological cancer care, all you have to do is go to smh.com. Thank you for listening to today's show. For more information on today's topic, please visit smh.com. Follow us on your favorite social media network.